Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Open Network User Group Podcast. I'm Mark Tierney, the CTO at ONUG. And today, with the help of an industry expert, we're going to deconstruct digital experience management. What is it, why it's so important for your business, and how to do it right. But first, join us at the ONUG Enterprise Cloud Community at ONUG Spring 2022. Find solutions, use cases, proof of concepts, live demonstrations, and new technologies for designing, building, managing, and securing the next generation of enterprise cloud solutions. What we're saying now is, uh, I know it works because I saw it at ONUG. Go to ONUG.net to register for this event today. All right. How do you know remote workers having a good performance, uh, you know, a good experience using the applications that uh, that they need to get their job done? I, you know, one thing I say a lot is, uh, you know, the, the, the experience for employees now is uh, every bit as important or it feels like it's every bit as important as it is for your customers, for your end customers. And uh, here to help me talk about this is Janavi Reddy. She is a senior product manager at Palo Alto Networks. Janavi, how are you doing? Hi, Mark. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, one of the things that uh, I've said for an, uh, an awfully long time now is the consumerization of, of all tech kind of makes the employee experience different than it was, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, mm -hmm. employees, we sort of just didn't expect maybe the same level of, of experience that uh, we demanded for our customers, but that's changed. And that's changed for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, yeah. employee retention's a big deal. Like we, we want to make sure our employees are valued and taken care of and efficient and stuff like that. But you know, one of the things I'd hope you'd, you'd do for us right off the bat is just, you know, maybe help us all understand what digital experience management is all about. Can you kind of frame it for us a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to pick on what you said, Mark. Right now, it's more than important for us to give employees a great experience at, that, uh, at all their digital touch points, right? So digital experience is really a broad term. Uh, it basically spans like a range of people's experiences with respect to an organization's communication, products and processes. This is literally at every digital touch point. So for instance, uh, we're all working from home. We now use a myriad of tools that, that are at our disposal. We use Zoom like about 80% of time, Google Docs and all the SaaS applications that now all our workloads sit in. Um, so we want to kind of make sure that our experience there is flawless. At least organizations want to make sure that that those experiences are, you know, flawless and they're not issues because when you're working from home and IT has no visibility into, um, you know, your your service delivery chain, it becomes very hard for them to troubleshoot and you're wasting a lot of your hours just trying to understand what happened. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because it's part of what I do. It's part of my charm, Janavi, is to put people on the spot. <laughs> are there aspects of the digital experience for employees that that you're finding are, I don't know, maybe more important than others. I mean, you mentioned Zoom, for example. I mean, the, the Zoom interactive experience or video interactive experience, collaboration obviously is a big deal. Both of those things together. Yeah. But I mean, are there specific use cases that, you know, you feel like have uh, or seen, observed, that, you know, bubble up to the top that are most important for companies? Or does it, does it Absolutely. depend? Absolutely. Uh, I think for right now, I can, uh, you know, make a generic statement and say that, of all the customers we're seeing, we're noticing that UCAS applications, uh, which is our, you know, Zoom and Microsoft Teams and WebEx and what have you, all our video conferencing applications, they've they've just sprung up to the top. That's where all our, uh, you know, all the IT teams are 
they're constantly monitoring. That's where you need high availability, high performance. We want like low jitter. Nobody wants to get stuck in a choppy audio video um, you know, situation. So I think we're seeing that at the top, followed by some of these SaaS applications, right? Where you do your daily businesses, where your sales is at or where your service is at. So followed by the, you know, the UCAS vendors are kind of followed by that. So that's the trend that we've been noticing. And this still feels like, uh, a relatively new uh, segment of of tech uh, that uh, that that enterprises are tackling, and again, particularly for employees specifically, um, where where are the big gaps that you're seeing right now in in the technology that's deployed today? I mean, right off the bat, I just I feel like there's a lot of companies that just they're not even doing this. They're not yeah. even putting the right level of focus on it. But for the ones that are um, what do you feel like are the biggest gaps that uh, uh, that they're experiencing? Because it's a it's an awfully big uh, delivery chain to tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, let's look at some of where uh, you know the blind spots right now. The Adam, you know, what Adam does for companies is just help them give visibility into these blind spots. So when you're working out of a hybrid environment, um, you know, your user is a remote user, or they could be in a branch network too. Um, they heavily rely on internet. And with distributed offices like never before, every home is a corporate office now. So what has this done? This has redefined network ownership boundary. And IT is right now kind of losing visibility across the entire um, service delivery chain. It could be between uh, users and applications and in pops like the user devices, the wireless connections at their home, ISP and application itself. So let's kind of look at the endpoint, right? Like the first. All right, before you do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you because you threw out you threw out an acronym. You said ADEM, and the audience doesn't necessarily know what that is. So why don't you tell us what that is? All right. So ADEM is what I'm basically here to talk about. ADEM is an autonomous digital experience monitoring solution. Um, that is a solution that helps you monitor your digital experiences across all your users and your organization. And eventually it comes down to providing in-depth insights into all the device endpoints, all the hops in your service delivery chain. So you can basically, you know, detect, isolate and diagnose issues quickly and ensure that you're remediating these issues without wasting too many hours on the solution itself without being, you know, caught blindsided. Right. Okay, good. Thanks. Thanks for clearing that up. And I I, I, honestly, when we get to the end of this, I'm going to want to understand a little bit uh, a little bit of detail around how uh, how ADEM or autonomous digital experience m- management fits into um, the overall Palo Alto construct, if that's uh, if that's possible. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk talk a little bit about the service chain and just where those gaps are. That's that's the that's the path we were heading down is try to understand that service chain and gaps there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's let's start with um, you know this, the simple ones first, um, the endpoint. So the first is you want visibility into the endpoint device itself. Now we've all experienced poor Zoom quality, we've experienced unresponsive web pages, and this could be because of a myriad of reasons. But we, for one, understand that out of all of them, 
memory or CPU utilization on the computer kind of has a pretty big impact on it. Um, and this usually is because, uh, you know, we have too many browser tabs open or just, just too many apps running in the background consuming resources. And we've all, you know, been victims as well as perpetrators of this, where we have like a million of a million browsers open and we just like don't necessarily know the impact that it has on application performance. That's how my brain works. I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's tabs right. open. Yeah, that's how all of us get through our day, I think. <laughs> but at some point, you got to stop and take a peek into, hey, how is this app, you know, how is this um, negatively impacting my application performance? So Adam provides a way for you to look into that, to look into, okay, your CPU utilization is really high. Your memory utilization is really high. Maybe this is what's impacting your user experience score, and that's what you need to take a look into. Um, so, you know, that's one, one part of the visibility we provide. Um, then the... As we move on, uh, then Wi-Fi becomes an important part of your service delivery chain. Now, users connect from home, they usually have to contend with um, a myriad of other things, right? Like streaming and gaming applications. Right now, we're sitting with families at home, um, you know, especially when during the height of the pandemic, we had kids streaming and gaming and doing all kinds of things. Uh, definitely not their uh, online classes, but <laughs> everything else that kind of took up all our, um, you know, Wi-Fi resources. And there's a lot of times when users have poor Wi-Fi signal strength um, because they're working from their backyard or garage or far away from where the access point is located. Now, this kind of this problem becomes even harder when you are in a public hotspot like a coffee shop. And at that point, Wi-Fi interference can have really poor performance, right? So that's another blind spot. Now, moving on, the there's the LAN and the ISP section. Now, in addition to Wi-Fi and um, endpoints, there's all this network latency with the home local area network or with the ISP modem itself. Um, this could be caused by either user having an old router or one that is connecting to more devices. Like you're, we're all working out of the uh, out of a you know home environment right now, where our Wi-Fi now um, you know um, services home security systems, other appliances. Uh, a few more than it can reasonably handle. Now, typically the ISP path from home to apps has multiple routed hops. And then each of this routed hop quickly introduces some sort of a latency. As the congestion adds up, uh, the latency at each hop increases and in turn affects app experience altogether again. Now this ISP is something that IT organizations have zero control. Now, imagine these users call into IT to help resolve an app experience problem. IT has no, uh, you know, does not really have the right monitoring tools to help users resolve these problems. And so that, that could be, really be a nightmarish situation for them. And whether the user is working from home in coffee shop or they're back in the office a couple of days a week, um, they're now almost always used going to use some shared network application services that the IT has no way of monitoring. Um, so to address these blind spots and visibility gaps we talked about, there is the digital experience monitoring. Uh, this is where that comes in, right? Like the DEM is a monitoring discipline. It's already recognized by Gartner and it focuses on monitoring on an outcome of a user experience. So that's how are your applications delivered to your users? Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of wanted, what I wanted to talk about when it comes to... So so with all these all these points along the way, um, I'll put on an old school hat that it doesn't require an agent of some type living on, 
you know, one or more devices? Like how, how are you testing and sampling? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what differentiates the ADAM solution that uh, we have, uh, we currently offer versus the ones that you um, encounter um, outside of, uh, you know, our offerings. So while designing our solution, um, we wanted to keep uh, three things, uh, you know, in mind. We wanted to, or two things. We wanted to provide exceptional user experience, but we also wanted to do that with operational simplicity. Now, the three main areas that really set us apart is that it is SASE native. So like you mentioned, Mark, it's there is no requirement of any additional client or agent. So ADEM is tightly integrated uh, for both our mobile users and branch office solutions with the Prisma Access solution, which is, which is the underlying solution that ADEM is uh, built on top of. So you don't need a special agent for users. It's integrated with your global protect client. This saves a lot of operational overhead for the IT team because there is no need to manage um, any additional endpoints on user devices. So this kind of a native integration also allows you to get full visibility on the secure tunnel from endpoints to Prisma access. Uh, now the other vendors will not have this and allow us to build um, you know, the underlay and the overlay visibility. Um, yeah, so similarly with respect to branch, we have native integration of ADEM into the Prisma SD-WAN. This also lets you get full visibility into the devices in the branch and all the parts that connect the branch to your various applications. Without this native integration, it would kind of be impossible to proactively monitor all your parts. Okay, now I'm going to stop you, uh, Janavi, because you did mention ADEM in, and it sounded like it sounded like uh, there's some integration here with another Palo Alto Network product. Tell me, so I think that's true. So tell me about mm -hmm. this uh, Prisma. Is it Prisma Sassy? Prisma Sassy? Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's how you say it. And um, Prisma, so ADEM is basically an add-on to the Prisma Sassy portfolio. And Prisma Sassy comprises of Prisma Access and SD-WAN. Um, and Prisma Access, you know, um, is, is basic, you know, then has our... Uh, cloud-delivered security solution that includes like the global protect where ADEM is integrated and SD-WAN is, um, you know, typically solves our security uh, posture problems for, you know, the branch offices and all of that. And ADEM is also integrated into that. So across the SASE portfolio, wherever you work from, ADEM is natively integrated into all the solutions that, you know, form the SASE portfolio, both Prisma Access and SD-WAN. Then it's sort of empowering, enabling the the IT team. Are are there uh, are there solution sets, uh, application types that uh, that ADEM can monitor? Are there limits? You know, if it's you know a private app or some published you know SaaS app or like, is there a um, you know? Tell me about the kind of scope of of the type of applications that ADEM can monitor. So today, ADEM can monitor all your private as well as your SaaS applications. So the way this is kind of configured is that we already um, detect the applications that are running in your network. And when the user or the IT team is setting this up, it's already all built in for you. So when you look at that dropdown, you get a list of all the applications that you, we've identified in, in your network. So it comes with a combination of the private applications you're using as well as the SaaS applications we've identified. So they can, they can you know, very easily kind of pick that up and add a monitoring 
uh, test for that. And as soon as they do that, we start then like collecting metrics for those application tests. Okay, so that that implies to me that the that the tool utility is in a in a position to do some things proactively. Um, tell me about is that first of all is that true? Uh, can can the ADEM solution proactively find problems and then then what's you know what's the next step? What does it enable you to do? You know, yeah. from the yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. It's, it's very real-time in nature, right? Like we're always constantly running tests. Um, it could be the synthetic test, the real user uh, analytics that we constantly run. So it all happens in real time. And we do a continuous baseline of application experience um, for from users, from branches, from the cloud native, like the Prisma Access Cloud infrastructure that all the network, all the traffic is then directed to and uh, proactively tell the admin that, hey, this is where the user um, is noticing issues. Like for instance, if the user is, you know, maybe sitting in Singapore, but they're connected to uh, Prisma Access US pop, that's adding a ton of latency. Now that's something that the admin can proactively look into you know, in, the, in the portal. Now this visibility from these multiple vantage points, now this is correlated with the synthetic and the real user traffic um, together. And all of this is uh, provided in one comprehensive dashboard um, with like a 360 degree view of your app performance. So IT has the visibility in the entire service delivery chain between users and applications, irrespective of you know where the net network ownership boundary is. Okay, thanks, Janavi. So one question I have is on organizations. What organizations within enterprise IT are most interested in using the ADEM product? So I'd say, uh, you know, mostly it's going to be your, um, you know, networking group, your network manager and uh, administrator, and along with your, you know, IT help desk personnel, because sometimes a lot of times what happens is your network manager, uh, they go into, you know, they go and detect these issues, but they also notify IT help desk who then, you know, decide what, what needs to be done. So, and sometimes, you know, the, the security team can step in as well. So it's, um, you know, it's kind of spread between the network team, the IT team and the security team when they see fit. Okay. So the other thing that always comes to my mind, again, as a longtime ops person is time to value, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody, somebody from an organization uh, comes in and, you know, sells me this product and it's going to solve all these issues and, it's all great, but you know what? It's going to take a year to stand it up, and and get you know any real value at it. So, um, tell me why that's not the case here. Like, tell me why uh, this solution like could be stood up in a you know relatively reasonable amount of time and start bringing value to uh, to an organization that's uh, subscribed to it. Yeah, and that's that's I think you hit the nail on the head because that's one of our key value propositions, um, the time to value, right? Right. So the time to stand this up is really really quick. And um, why is that? Because it is our SASE native application. It's already well integrated into our um, SD WAN solution, into our Global Protect solution. So all you need is um, a couple of uh, you know a couple of actions by the ID team which is kind of enable this and turn this on in the Global Protect um, management solution, as well as uh, turn this on for uh, the users 
you know, you we have the op option to not turn it on for the entire organization uh, at once, but roll it out um, slowly. And you then pick the apps you want to monitor, and then bam, you have your ADEM uh, portal ready, filled in with all the metrics to give you all the visibility you want. So um, it it you can see a meaningful difference right away. Where in ADEM definitely with all with the setup that you have done, it brings down the mean time to resolve any user and app experience issues. Are you feeling like there's a, an evolving best practice around uh, around the the deployment of of these solutions, yours or anyone else's for that matter? Like, yeah. um, pick one app and go after this, or is it the the total employee experience? Or you know, is it, again, is it is it something you leg into uh, a little uh, you know piece at a time, or just go for all of it all at once? Yeah, <laughs> I think what uh, what we're noticing is that. Some of our large organizations are enabling this um, in a slow rollout manner, just so it gives them time to kind of digest these metrics, make sense out of them, and then they themselves can understand, um, you know, how to act on these insights. So typically, the best best practices we've seen is that they, um, you know, they don't turn it on for 100% of their workforce right away. They take probably like a month or two months to slowly roll it out. In uh, in and each of that section, they roll it out to is also like a high number, maybe ten thousand employees at once. And then they almost always look at SaaS applications. They monitor that and private applications. Um, so they at least start with about five or six applications and slowly roll this application performance just across uh, you know all their users. And um, with that, they're slowly building the portal to consume more and more metrics to consume. And also they themselves, because all of these, um, you know, remediation and troubleshooting steps that such in-house knowledge with a lot of our customers, then they kind of, you know, kind of develop a playbook and um, to say, hey, this is what I'm seeing on Adam Portal and this is how I need to react to them. Um, so that's kind of the, I guess, the the track, the adoption track that we've been seeing with, with customers. So let me let me play that back a little bit. What I heard you say was the 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 first, and I I'm generalizing here, but of course, mm -hmm. but it, it sounded like roll it out across the employee base um, in in increments, and then and then add uh, applications incrementally uh, to get the to get to the full potential. So are there are there specific personas that uh, you're seeing your clients you know want to go after first um is it you know is it a customer service client is it an it uh persona rather um you know are there uh you know are you seeing any trends in terms of uh you know who what what personas want uh enterprises want to be tracking first or is it all over <laughs> the board I think uh, there's certainly, what's surprising is that I haven't seen a pattern emerge out of this. What I did notice that is that, um, you know, for a lot of time, the monitoring also sometimes, you know, is is just for a short period of time. So let's say one of their executives is, is traveling, right? And they, they want their um, applications monitored like 24 hours. So they put them on hotspot. They literally make them uh, their performance management like um, you know high up, and that's what they're constantly monitoring for. So um, 
typically what I've seen is when users call in with complaints um, and they're not being monitored, they quickly add them up or the organizations are noticing that some locations are problem locations, they tend to, you know, roll this out or focus on, um, you know, just folks that reside in that location or some groups like the, the executive groups or, you know, engineers or whichever, you know, the user groups that uh, they belong to. Um, and they're kind of, they need their systems up and running all the time. Uh, we're seeing them roll out, um, uh, you know, to these kind of specific set of groups. I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, obviously, we're we're still in uh, what we hope is, uh, you know, the the pandemic era, and uh, but hopefully that's you know starting to wane. Uh, we can hope and pray. But uh, my suspicion is is that if these you know remote sales workforce gets back into gear, you know, I, my personal experience was you know, salespeople visiting me like you know always wanted to be able to. Uh, you know, live demonstrate their products and solutions in front of the customers. And boy, if mm -hmm. things didn't work well, they weren't happy. And uh, I wonder yeah. if that'll be a persona that uh, that bubbles up quickly. And uh, I don't know. Let's hope it does. Let's hope uh, remote sales forces are a thing again. I think that would be great. All right. And then one thing I didn't, I should have stopped you earlier and, and dug into it more, but Tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, the visualization of of the output here. Is it mm -hmm. uh, is it a dashboard reporting? Like how what's what's the best way to consume the this uh, di digital experience management output? Yeah, so uh, that's a great point, and I think we should have certainly led with that. Uh, well, so uh, the metrics that we collect from every um, you know every hop, which it could be your endpoint metrics, that is your device metrics, Wi-Fi, LAN, ISP, all the cloud infrastructure metrics and application metrics, all of these metrics, we're basically um, you know, putting them in a comprehensive dashboard. So typically, uh, you know, the dashboard is laid out in a way where you get to see what your organization experience score is. Um, what is your organization experience score? It's basically like a metric, it's basically a metric that gives you an idea if your organization, if a large majority of your organization is, um, you know, having any issues, it could be like they could, the kind of, um, you know, variations you could look into is um, if your uh, experience score is fair or poor or bad. And this is an aggregation of experience across all um, the users you're monitoring for in your organization. So that's the highest aggregate. I would say that's the, like, that's the highest. And from there, you can look into the user experience score for each individual user, what your experience score is for a location, um, what your experience score is for a specific application. So these are the different levels of granularity of um, you know, experience scores that are calculated. So typically, um, your analysis can be very top-down, where you're looking at organization, and you notice that um, organization experience seems good, but you have uh, six or seven or of your users that are um, in the in the in the poor category, so they definitely have issues going on. And from there, you can then drill into those list of users and typically pinpoint where their issues are. Are they noticing um, you know issues with their Wi-Fi? And all of that is laid out in a topological view for you um, and with conditional formatting, which means 
your Wi-Fi <laughs> signal will show you red. That means this user definitely has issues there where they're noticing low signal quality um, or you know some other form of uh, some of the some other you know, issues going on there or their ISP or LAN or the device metrics. So it's kind of organized in a very top-down fashion where you're able to consume the high-level aggregate metrics as well as deep dive to understand what the issues are for any user and take insights. The whole idea is to provide actionable insights. So that's what. Uh... Okay. So you've mentioned digital experience scoring. I'm fascinated by this topic. And I think uh, yeah, metrics are such a important part of, you know, any, any enterprise IT organization, mm-hmm. certainly the people in, side of network management are going to be interested in these in these scoring opportunities i have to believe this is going to be important for the c level the c suite as well is that true is that fair no yeah that's absolutely fair and um you know the the way we score in such a top-down level where we score the organization experience as a whole location and users and application uh, the C-level suite, they're always looking for the organization experience score to kind of get a pulse of, um, you know, where the user experiences lie. Is it is it a fair value? Is it a poor value? Where, they, where do they need to invest in? Are they seeing patterns of app degradation that might, you know, that might have a single root cause that they might need to invest in? So this is something that we're finding is of interest to a lot of, uh, you know, the executive levels of folks as well. That makes a lot of sense. Janavi, this has been uh, very helpful. Uh, I've learned a lot about uh, digital experience monitoring, as it turns out, a lot about the autonomous digital experience management solution that Palo Alto has. So how can how can people find out more about ADEM? Yeah, so go to paloaltonetworks.com um, slash sassy slash ADEM to find more about it. And, you know, you have all um, the content at your disposal. You can get into get go into what the product is, some of the technical aspects, what are the key use cases we, we tend to solve. So all, all that kind of stuff, it's all out there for you to look into. Well, thank you so much for being here with us uh, today. Really appreciate it. Um, again, I learned a lot. Don't forget to join the ONUG Enterprise Cloud Community at ONUG Spring 2022. Find solutions, use cases, proof of concepts, live demos, and new technologies for designing, building, managing, and securing the next generation of enterprise cloud solutions. Go to ONUG.net to register for this event today. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next week on the ONUG Podcast. (music) 